Hey dreamers, my guest today is making her dreams come true by building a location-free business where she gets to talk for a living, uh, which, you know, a lot of people think that that's what I get to do for a living. It's it's actually a good part of what I do, but uh, she she's a little bit more, more talk for a living than me. Dreamers, I give you Jessica Rhodes. Hey. Thanks hey. for having me, Joe. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, I'm happy to have you here. It's uh, it's it's been great getting to know you over the last like two. I didn't even realize that you've only been doing this for like two years, right? Uh, three and, and a half. half. Oh, three and a half. Yeah, really? time flies. But oh. I feel like we've known each other for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, I feel well, probably close to two, or at least, yeah, probably close to two, one and a half yeah. to two years, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then actually met in person. Well, I guess that was, I guess that was like a Podcast year and a half New ago. England. Yes. That was the first time we met in person, but we were already yeah. friends on Facebook, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Um, Cause you know, you, fr- you, you accept all friend requests in, in, in the world. I mean, <laughs> yeah, not anymore. I, I, I stopped that. I've sworn yeah. off that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Jessica, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? Yeah. Um, so I live in Rhode Island and, but I'm actually from the Philadelphia area. So we have, we, that's what we share, Joe, our, our yes. mid Atlantic vibe. <laughs> um, I grew, I went to Temple university, grew up in the Philly area, but, uh, transplanted up to Rhode Island. Cause that's where my husband was working. And so we've stayed here cause it's beautiful and it's affordable and we really like it. Um, I've got two little kids. My son, Nathan's three and a half and my daughter, Lucy is just over one. Um, and I started my business, uh, when I was actually, when I was pregnant with Nathan, cause I wanted to, I wanted to be a stay at home mom. I was working at a nonprofit organization doing, I was running their canvas, their door to door field canvas. So I'm one of those weirdos that actually really liked going door to door and, um, fundraising and talking to people about environmental and political issues. <laughs> really? I, I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> Honestly, I really wouldn't have guessed that. Really? Oh, I thought you were being sarcastic. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no. I don't talk as much. Like, I don't, I've even broken my room. I think I've posted like one thing that was a little bit political, but this, this election season, it's kind of, it's hard even for, um, even for the, the best people to, uh, keep their mouth shut. So yeah, but I mean, once I got into business and I left that job, I, I got quiet about like political stuff online, but I used to talk about it for a living. <laughs> that was my job before talking about environmental issues and political candidates and things like that. Um, but that was a lifestyle that was really not friendly towards, um, people with little kids because it's long hours, low pay. Um, so I left that job when my son Nathan was born. And meanwhile, my dad was helping me start my virtual assistant business so I could work from home and have an income where, you know, I controlled my hours. I, as much as I could control my pay and, and, and what I, and what I did and like what services and, and, um, you know, what I did with my time. And so that was kind of the start of my business and it, it evolved and grew over the next several months. Um, my dad was my first client. So I did a lot of virtual assistant work for him. One of the tasks being booking him for podcast interviews. And that was kind of like the, the beginning of what my life is now, which is booking podcast interviews. So that's just a little, you know, background of, of where I am. <laughs> so three and a half years ago, your dad wanted to start getting on podcasts. Yeah, he had been getting on podcast interviews. He had another VA on his team that was booking for interviews. It's funny, like internet radio shows and teleseminars were big 
then, like 2011, 2012, like he was going on more internet radio shows, there were teleseminars and things like that. And so anytime where he would connect and like, also there'd be other business coaches that would do, um, interview series. So not a podcast on iTunes, but they would regularly interview other experts and then provide that interview for their coaching members. So my dad did a lot of those kinds of interviews way back in the day. Allie Brown interviewed him about newsletter marketing. So he knew that these kinds of interviews were good for his business because, you know, he could connect with that other person, that other entrepreneur, their followers could hear him and learn about him. So when I started, he's like, you know, you've got obviously experience in sales. You went door to door. You even got, you know, he's like, you even got me to donate to clean water. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He he prefers dirty water, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So he's like, why don't you, you know, kind of take that task over, get me booked on business podcasts as a guest. And so then I just was like, all right. And so I just started Googling like podcasts about business marketing podcasts and just started pitching him and just kind of went from there. I mean, it's probably something you never thought you'd be doing. <laughs> no. And it's funny because when Corey and I started the show, the podcast producers, one of the things that we talked about is like when, like when we first started listening to podcasts and when we first discovered them. And, and I realized after the fact that I first started listening, I first started discovering podcasts when I was looking for yoga classes on iTunes. Cause that, this is like back in like 2010, I was, I was doing yoga at my home with DVDs from target. Like who uses DVDs anymore, right? It's crazy. I don't even have any. I have one DVD player in my whole house, and it's USB, and that's it. So yeah, if I didn't have I, that. Literally, I like my mom was like, "Hey, I want to watch your wedding video." I was like, "We don't have a DVD. Like, I don't even have a PlayStation play anymore. So like, I can't even throw it in the PlayStation. Like, so I had to. I was like, "Oh, well, it's a good time to convert it to you know digital and and put it on my server." But yeah, like if they hadn't said that, it probably would have been our years before. My- my DVD up. player doesn't work because Nathan has put coins in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was going to say crowns, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, little coins. It looks like they belong perfectly together. Like a little quarter, put it in the slot. So yeah, but it's funny. So I, but I remember, you know, I would go buy like a $20 DVD, a yoga DVD at Target. And then I remember being on iTunes and searching around because I think at, at the time, then I started seeing that you could, you know, pay for them. And then I saw this thing called a podcast where it was a free class. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is free. This is crazy. I've been paying for these DVDs and they're free on iTunes. And it's so funny because at podcast movement, Joe, the guy, I think his name is Chad. Um, he's real big. He either was nominated for or won a podcast award at podcast movement. And I wanted so bad to go up and be like, you were the first podcaster I ever saw, but like there were so many people and I never like (laughs) found him. So, um, I forget your original question, but that's kind of how I discovered podcasts. And, uh, no, I never would have thought that I, I would have a business booking interviews because a mere seven years ago, I barely knew what they were. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not surprising. Most, a lot of people still don't know what they are. Um, you know, you have to explain it to them because, you can explain it, but the thing is, they don't they don't get it until they use it. Like, um, my, my, my wife's um, aunt, her great aunt, who's like eighty something, eighty six or something. She listens to this show. So, hi, Aunt Jenny. Uh, hey, Aunt Jenny. 
Uh, and, and, but she was asking me like, I don't know, a couple months ago, she's like, how do I listen to other shows? And and it's like, she was interested, you know, just because of this show, she got interested in listening, you know, wanting to listen to other shows. Yeah. Which man podcast discoverability is a huge issue. I mean, we look at things like Spotify and Pandora where they have really, done a lot to help their users find other bands and other songs. Like they're constantly, Hey, if you like this, you'd probably like this. Like on Spotify, it'll actually suggest a whole playlist of other songs that you want to listen to based off what you've chosen. And so I'm just waiting for that to happen with podcasts because, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasters that I know. So, but when I go to pot, when I go to iTunes, just by searching, I'm pretty much just seeing like the top, top podcasters, right? Like the top of what's hot and the top, you know, featured podcasts. And those are huge shows, but I'm like, I know there are other people that I would want to listen to that aren't at the top of the iTunes rankings. It's like, help me out here. iTunes like, show me what these other. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that gets improved because it, it's true though. I mean, my mom's the same way. She has found some podcasts that she likes and she can, it's really hard to find other ones. It is like well, we talked about this on your show about how uh, iTunes. Like, if you type in the word "dreamer," my show comes up, but it's like the sixth or seventh yeah. one, and the word "dreamer" is in the title. And and I add it to my name. It says "dreamer and entrepreneur super Joe Pardo," it, and it still doesn't come up at the, I know. Like, as the first one or two. And I have more reviews and more episodes and more episodes coming out more frequently. Like I don't like what. I know. What? It, what kind I know of, what the same thing. Yeah, the same thing happens with the podcast producers. I think it's like if you just type in podcast producers, I mean, it's my I think it's the third or fourth show that comes up and and it's interesting too because a lot of podcasters were, you know, going overboard with keywords. Like you'll see some business podcasters will be like the name of their show and in the title, inspired by John Lee Dumas, Pat Flint because they're trying to leverage these other people's names. And I actually have one client who he's in real estate and another real estate podcaster was putting his name in the like description because he wanted to leverage his name. And he's like, and he, my client was so mad about it. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how they are policing this. So they, I think they started, iTunes started kind of um, putting the hammer down a little bit on people that were using all those keywords, but it's a big mystery. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's sad because I, I want to be able to um, reach those people. And it's funny because we said that since we did that episode, I've had people e- uh, like two people email me and I emailed them back. I said, oh, well, how did you find out about the show? And they're like, oh, I just searched through iTunes and found it. That's cool. So I'm like, that's really well, funny. Somebody's hear. finding it on iTunes. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how because like I can't even find it unless I type in Joe Pardo specifically. Yeah. Then then it comes right up. But I don't, I don't know. Now that I changed my name and put it to the end, uh, maybe that's not the case anymore. Like, yeah. my, you know, the, the name tag. So mm-hmm. well, I don't know, we'll see. So, yeah. w- so as far as interview connections, uh, w- what were some of the first steps that you took to get started? Like once you've moved past your dad, like once you were yeah. like, okay, I've got like, I got that down. Why don't I start to expand this? Yeah. So, um, it was 
the, so about, you know, four or five months after, you know, my son was born, I started realizing, okay, I think I want to niche down and, and do something with interview connections. You know, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to, um, change things up and focus on a business just around podcast interviews was as a VA, it was all work by the hour. And so talk about, you know, time freedom. There's not much time freedom where if you don't work, you don't get paid. Like it's nice, <laughs> you know, so I wanted to change the model where I wasn't charged by the hour and invoicing clients at the end of the month for how many, like how many hours I worked, because as my son got older, um, it was just very hard to scale that and make it more profitable. So, so, um, you know, in coaching with my dad, we came up with the idea to do interviewconnections.com and have a, a, you know, basically a payment system where it was a flat rate for so many bookings. And so the first steps was figuring out, all right, it was really scary, honestly, because I knew that I had to guarantee bookings for people to pay for it <laughs> because people don't really want to pay for something they're not going to get. <laughs> With, so why I mean, why would they? I mean, I know. know. And it's like, that's what I hear often. I just listened to a podcast today where the guest is in publicity and she's in the business model where people are paying like $3,000 a month and there's no guarantee that they're actually going to get media coverage. And people are really like moving away from that because they're like, well, why would I pay thousands of dollars with no guarantee? So I knew that I had to guarantee, but then I had no idea what to charge. So I had some phone conversations, like some podcasters that I had booked my dad on their show or, and I had a couple other clients that I was doing this for Charlie McDermott is another guy that I did, um, podcast bookings for. And so I just started reaching out to some of the hosts that I had built a relationship with. And I was like, I'm thinking about doing this. Would you pay for this? And how much would you pay? Like I was asking those direct questions. And once a number of them were like, yeah, no, I would definitely pay for this. This sounds great. Um, one guy was like, I'd pay $10 for that. I'm like, well, I think I need to charge more than that. But I started with 47 bucks a month, got you four guests a month on your podcast. I mean, wow. I charge two ninety seven a month for that now. Like, and so I, for a while I didn't really make any money <laughs> and it was especially hard when I had to start, um, bringing on team members and guest bookers. Cause once I kind of reached, even though I was getting paid a flat, you know, rate for the bookings, I still reached a max. I, it still took work. I still, there was still was labor and, um, hours involved on my side. So then I had to start bringing in team members to help me fulfill um, and once I had to start paying other people, I realized, oh, I'm not really making any money because all the money is going to paying these people that are actually helping me fulfill the service. So for a while, it was really hard figuring out what to charge, how much to charge, and then what services to offer. Cause you know, a lot of the, t the times I remember thinking, oh, it has to be this like done for you. Like, we'll do it all. We'll do your graphics. We'll do your scheduling. Like we'll do all this stuff. And I'm like, why am I doing all that? For $47 a month. I mean, you were charging basically 10, you said four shows for 47. I mean, you were basically charging that $10 that you were like, no, 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 I can't do that. Well, not t well you said $10 a month or $10 an episode. Yeah, I mean, that one person, I remember was Joey Kasimi. I think he had Oh, said are you serious? Is yeah. Joey? Come on. I know. And it's so funny because I remember, and this is like just one conversation, but I remember seeing him at a conference like a couple of years later. And I'm like, I remember my conversation with you where you said, and it's funny because a lot of the people that I had talked to that had said like, yeah, I would pay for that. They didn't actually become my clients. So it was funny because when you first launch it, you're like, all right, all these people said yes, but they're not usually the ones that actually sign up, but they give you that 
that validation that this is a good idea to run with. So, um, yeah, but I remember Joey. Yeah, <laughs> it's debatable, right? Because the the validation yeah. comes with the money, and if they're not willing yeah. to open up their checkbook, they can say anything they want. I know. You know I know. As much, it's only as much as they're willing to pay. So, um, right. but yeah, that's so funny that Joey would say that <laughs> because Joe, Joey sees the value in so many things. Like I, I know, I've spent but a lot of time with Joey. Podcast. He doesn't even do his podcast anymore. I know. I he know. has his business though. You know. He does. What is it? Uh, Appendipity themes or Appendi- he has that and he has a bunch of products. He he does yeah. so many different things. He's he, I like he's been a, a great lot. mentor yeah. for me for sure. It's fun thinking back to the people that you meet like early on. You know, it's it's fun to see where they're at now, you know, too. Like running into him and just thinking, You gave me the motivation to start, but you know <laughs> <laughs> we never actually worked together. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joe, you know, Joey, uh, I can't wait to, I gotta go see him soon. Hopefully. Um, yeah. So I, I would, I would agree. Yeah. A lot of people, um, will say, you know, say things that are like, Oh, that's a great idea or that's wonderful. I would love to do that. And then they, they never do. So it's, it's tough. And then it's tough for you because like you have to figure out like, okay, well, was it a good idea or did they just think it was, or, I mean, not necessarily lying to you, but like, it's a good idea, but it's not a, I'm going to go run out and stand in line like an iPhone right. type of idea. Yeah. I mean, then the real work begins, right? You know, so I spent all summer like getting the website together and having the sales copy written. And then the real work begins realizing, oh, I really need to go out and market this and I need to make more connections. Like I thought I knew a lot of people, but really nobody knows who the heck I am. So from there, I mean, one of the really key things is like actually specifically developing relationships with people who had more followers than I did. Like I, you know, I did a lot to build my relationship with John Lee Dumas and Kate Erickson. Um, I had booked people on entrepreneur on fire. So I had, I had gotten clients on that show. So, you know, John knew who I was, but then I specifically did things to help him. Like I remember back in the day I would do infographic design. There were some, um, Pinterest was like a lot more popular with a lot of marketers. And so I was using some done for you infographics, um, like websites where I would design people's infographics. And so I remember doing one for John and sending it to them just as like, Oh, Hey, you know, I did this about one of your episodes. Um, you know, John had then gone on some of my clients podcasts and they were launching podcasters paradise the same time, like the same month or two that I was creating, launching interview connections. So I'm like, listen, I don't want to do an affiliate program because I can't, I don't do affiliate to this day. Cause I, my mindset is that with a very labor intensive business, I don't want to be giving away a commission <laughs> to referral. So I'm like, I don't want to do affiliate, but I feel like, you know, how could we maybe partner up? Cause we have the same target market, but we're clearly offering different things. So what I did and, um, I did is I offered, you know, just basically a discount to podcasters paradise members and he put me in the resources section of the Podcasters Paradise membership site. So a lot of people, a lot of my first clients are people that heard about me from Podcasters Paradise. And John and Kate, having known me and known that, like, I knew what I was doing and I, you know, done booked some great interviews for them and with John on other shows, they would just recommend me to their clients. I mean, up until, I mean, to this day, I still have people that were like, you know, John Lee Dumas told me I should come work with you, um, for podcast interviews. So just, you know, developing really strong relationships with other, you know, influencers has, 
has paid dividends. <laughs> well, it's, it's made it, you know easier. I mean, for you yeah. and and harder because then you have to get more people and and it yeah. becomes a, a bigger complex thing. But but it does yeah. make it easier to have those. Um, once you have those connections, I mean, before when you're getting started, it's like, wow, well, who do I know and how. You know, yeah. I th- like you said, I think I know a lot of people, but it turns out there's a lot of people that I don't know. And like, right. it's like the known and like the known knowns and the known unknown or the unknown unknowns. You yeah. Know, people you don't even know exist that are doing, you know, huge things. So yeah, it, it's definitely a, a tough, a tough thing to break into it, you know, but it was great the way you started with, with your dad. So it was like, you already had mm-hmm. a client right there that was willing right. to grow and let you learn on the, yeah. you know, on the job. Yeah. And I think another thing was you know, getting to the point where I could start content marketing. Cause I really wasn't doing any marketing, <laughs> you know, I was, and that's kind of what I I've learned that it's important to actually put out content and attract people with your expertise. But at those early stages, I couldn't even imagine having the extra time or resources to invest in having my own podcast or doing my own videos or writing a blog. I'm like, what do I write about? I just started this business six months ago. You know, that was all hard. But over time, you know, about like less than a year after I started interview connections, I think in the, I started in September, 2013. Then in April of 2014, I started doing weekly videos, um, interview connections TV. And to this day, I still do weekly videos. And that's been huge for me. You know, people know that I do weekly videos and I give quick tips. And so doing that kind of content marketing has kind of, um, you know, it's positioned me as an authority figure and there's a huge difference in just being the best at what you do and trying to communicate that in your sales copy and actually demonstrating your expertise by creating content. And I think that the content marketing has proven to be very effective with, with a lot of people we see online right now. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I, I, <laughs> The, the stuff that you've written about, uh, it definitely rings true. And every time I see, you know, see it, it's like, you know, she's saying what I'm thinking or what I've already been telling people about mm-hmm. is the fact that, and, and, and I'm, I'm telling people, but I'm not necessarily writing the articles like you are or right. r- doing the podcast episodes because it's not my, that's not like my yeah. niche, right? That's not my lane. Right. So, um, but it may, you know, a lot of stuff makes sense. Like, uh, it's not about how many people listen to the show as long mm-hmm. as the right people are listening to the show. Right. And I've noticed something, you know, in regards to like positioning yourself as an authority. And I've seen this, you know, over the years, like more and more people are getting into, you know, the podcast interview niche, either starting businesses, connecting guests or podcasters or creating courses. And, and I see like with a, with a couple of people I've observed online is they want to get into the whole podcast interview booking thing. So they create a course around it. And I'm like, dude, start blogging about it. Start doing videos about it. Like just start teaching people about what you know. But a lot of, you know, online entrepreneurs, they want to jump right to, I'm going to create a course and sell it. But I'm like, you haven't proven your expertise. So why are people going to pay you for the, for whatever's behind that paywall? Um, so that's interesting to watch too. So, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for get, like, get your expertise out there for free. Just teach people, do videos, do blogs. And eventually people are going to say, Hey, what more do you have? Can I work with you? Can you be my coach? Can, you know, can I pay you to do this? But a lot of people just jump to the course. I think that's a mistake. I I would totally agree. I mean, I built a whole online school that was, you know, I built all these courses and everything like that. And, and the problem was, was I was trying to build, well, at the time, three brands, myself, the school and the, the conference, the middle land conference, Mm -hmm. uh, podcast conference. So 
uh, what I realized was like, look, people that that did buy into the school weren't buying into the school because they found it. They, they yeah. bought into the school because they knew me and they knew the work I did. So so I collapsed wow. that, took the courses, put it on my site. It's like, hey, if people like what I do, then maybe they would want to learn. I mean, I already built the course, so it's not like they're going away. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? The, the information is still good. So it's like, okay, uh, it's just a different um, aspect of marketing it versus like I'm yeah. marketing myself versus like I'm marketing a school and I'm trying to get people who know about me already and get them to go to the school versus – just like, hey, you know about me? Okay, well, I offer these separate courses here and get, you know, get what you want a la carte. Versus like, here's yeah. some big thing that's like you can get everything for one price. Yeah. And well, it's just one tough. thing I think that you've done this really well, Joe, in terms of Podcast Mid Atlantic, how you interviewed all the speakers and some more people. Like you interviewed Glenn the Geek too, who wasn't even going. And, and I thought that was a perfect, um, you know, content marketing strategy, because instead of just putting all of your resources into selling the conference and saying, this is why it's so great. This is why you should go. You just said, Hey, here's what you're going to get. Like you just pulled back the curtain. You brought your speakers on, you gave a ton of value for free. You made it into a podcast and you just gave people the opportunity to experience what they would get at the conference online. And I bet you that that worked really well. I mean, I don't know like how many sales it generated, but it's going to pay dividends in years to come because you're still doing the conference every year and people can still find that podcast and go to, to future events. So good job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, Glenn, um, even, um, Patricia Iyer, uh, who I just recently interviewed, she didn't go to either conferences, but she's watched both video or she's watched, she watched 20, the 2015 one. And she bought the virtual ticket for this year. And I, I was like, I thought the name sound familiar, but I couldn't place the, like, I was like, I can't see her face. Cause I don't think I've seen her, met her before. And then yeah. it turned out like in the middle of the interview that, Oh, she, she didn't come to the conference, but she bought the virtual tickets and was, and she saw that I was calling for like, Hey, I want to get anybody who came to the conference or any, you know, any podcasters that belong to the email list, just come on the show and talk about podcasting. And that's, yeah. you know, so it's not, and it's not some formal thing either. It's literally right. just a conversation that we put up on Facebook live, which really helped, it did help a lot. Um, get people, you know, interested in people who didn't know about it. We're, we're starting to find out about it and shared it. That's how, mm-hmm. um, that's how, uh, Michael O'Neill got involved. Really? Yeah, because he did he saw, see one of your lives. Yeah, I'm I'm like ninety five percent sure that he saw one of the lives, and then he reached out and was like, "Hey, what what's going on?" That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So so it's stuff like that where it's like that's that's how it can work. And it's relationship building too. Like your time on Facebook live with the speakers that helps them feel more connected to you. It makes them feel more invested in the conference. Um, it's just a great strategy. I think people overlook the power of the relationships that are, that are online. Like you really need to focus on that first, um, before you think about like, Oh, how can I profit from this? How can I get more sales? Just like focus on developing relationships. Cause those are where, great referrals and sales come from, but you've got to focus on, and then that's hard when you're like starting a business or when you need money, <laughs> you're like, you know, you get these like dollar signs in your eyes, excuse me. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was Facebook lives. That was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, they, de- they definitely were fun. Um, so how, how did your family take this idea that when you wanted to start a business, I'm, I'm assuming, well, you're, you're immediate more of like your husband. Yeah. Since your dad was on board and was like, here, let's yeah. do this. My dad thought it was a great idea. Obviously, it was his idea. Um, and being an entrepreneur, he knew it was – he was very optimistic about it. I mean, 
my husband, you know, is definitely supportive of it. Um, I wonder what he would say if you asked him that question. <laughs> well, he he's you know, a lawyer, right? Yeah. And he's, you know, he's very entrepreneurial and I keep telling him, I'm like, you're, you're going to be a full-blown entrepreneur sometime in, in our future because, you know, he has a full-time job right now. So he's definitely, but he also has a law practice on the side, small solo law practice where he takes on a couple clients at a time. Um, and so, I mean, it was, I think he was totally supportive of it. And I think it was very challenging at times because, you know, so much of the financial supporting of the family was basically on his shoulders. You know, I would bring in like a few hundred bucks a month for a while. Um, and then, but I mean, we really racked up a lot of credit card debt too, because we really did it. <laughs> like we were not bringing in that much money, like not enough to make ends meet. So, we really went actually went into a lot of debt that we're aggressively working on right now. Um, but you know, I think that my optimism helped, but it, yeah, there were some definitely challenging moments along the way when like things, cause you know, before the business really took off, there were times where I was like, now I'm going to start investing and I'm going to go to conferences. And he's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like, you're not even making really that much money yet. I'm like, but I, I have to do this if I'm going to get more money. So it was hard, but eventually, um, things did take off and, uh, and it's good now, but yeah, I mean, supportive, but probably nervous is how I would describe how he just thought of it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's quite understandable. And, uh, you know, but you do have to keep investing, um, that money, you you know, it's yeah. not, in, I mean, unless you're making crazy profit margins at $47 to start, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you aren't going to any conferences unless you have a ton of clients and maybe no kids at that point because you probably won't have time to have kids to make that kind of money that you would yeah. need to otherwise. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you have to you have to be mindful of that uh, and going to conferences to meet those and make those connections. Like that's that you know that's what's gonna like we like you posted key. about going out to dinner um, when you were out in San Diego. With uh, mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people, and I, I knew a couple of the names. Those are all, and I, so, I mean, A, I mean, conferences are something that I advocate so much for because, I mean, now I'm pretty much only going to conferences that I'm either exhibiting at or speaking at. Um, but to start out with attending conferences, that is such a great way to network and to meet people and to build relationships. I mean, especially with an online business, like you have nothing can replace that face-to-face -face interaction with people. It's just, you know, invaluable. So conferences are super, super important. Um, and I got a lot of clients. I mean, I remember one early client, one client very early on, his name's Don Crowther. And I met him at a conference. I, for a while before I started going to marketing and podcasting conferences, I kind of tagged along with my dad, to some, some business events that he was going to. And that way he could kind of give me some warm introductions to people. And I remember like going out to a meal with some people from the conference and was sitting next to Don and talked to him all about podcasting and interviews. And, and he signed up with me, you know, a couple of weeks later. And so that wouldn't have happened if I didn't go and like share a meal with him. So it's, it's, uh, it's really powerful to go to events for sure. I, I'd agree. I mean, going to, um, events in, in the old industry that I was in, you know, in my family's business, mm -hmm. uh, plenty of people that people I'm still friends with today, like, because of that, you know, growing yeah. up and going to those, 
those events. So uh, yeah, it's it's really important. Like having you know getting Skype time and uh, you know email time and all that is is great, but it's not. It doesn't replace you know a great meal. Um, was it a great time? Was uh, I went to Podcast Florida and we uh-huh. ended up going to. It was in town. It was like just outside downtown Disney mm-hmm. in Florida, and um, uh, I was with uh, Heather Heather Bayer, and uh-huh. we're like, oh, let's go to um, let's just go to dinner. Da 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 da, and we. We went and we ended up. The only place we could get because it was so packed down there was uh, T Rex. So, so we ate mm-hmm. with like dinosaurs, like you know, <laughs> screaming in our face. And and I told her at the end, I was like, you know, you never, you're never gonna forget this dinner. That time that you met somebody at a conference and was like, all right, well, I guess we're gonna eat here because I have a a Landry's card and can get us right <laughs> in. By the way, a Landry's card is amazing because it, it cuts down the wait time. So if it's like two hours, you'll wait maybe 15 minutes. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it's like 30 bucks forever. Wow. And there's like points on top of that. But yeah, so for like 30 bucks, like you can like, hey, well, there's nowhere to eat. Well, actually, there is. You pull yeah. out that Landry's card and you can go right in uh, yeah. for the most part. So yeah, so uh, I started doing like client dinners now when I go to conferences. And I started doing that. So at Podcast Movement this past summer – I had a booth and I knew that a number of my clients were going to be there. And so I'm like, well, why don't I get them together? Cause my clients don't really interact with each other, you know, online, they don't know each other. So I, you know, I just took them all out to dinner and, you know, it's a significant investment on, on my end. Cause I'm going to pick up the bill and just make them feel like I want to make them feel like they're very valued. So it's a huge investment, but, um, it really pays off two of the clients that I have that they didn't know each other. They sat next to each other at dinner and they're like BFFs now. Like they have, they're like accountability partners or every Monday they talk to each other about their podcast. It's so cool. And it's like, I brought them together. And, and, um, so I did that at San Diego. So basically every conference I go to, if I've got clients that are going to be there, I just organize a dinner and I bring them out. And the FinCon one was really fun. Um, funny story. So one of my clients, his name's Ross Jeffries, and he's basically the founder of the pickup artist movement, like his, like picking up women. Um, the movie Magnolia with Tom Cruise, he, that like Tom Cruise's character was inspired by my client, Ross Jeffries. <laughs> so he's like really famous in like the seduction, uh, genre, but he was just a total trip. I mean, he was just hilarious. You get like financial advisors, real estate investors, business coaches, and a seduction artist all at a table. It is just endlessly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I, uh actually it sounds like you have a whole nother uh setup for a business uh, you know right there it's just you, you could just do like a paid facebook group for your clients to connect right there yeah, there you go boom yeah i mean the, the <laughs> idea has definitely floated around in my head for some time of like how can i bring people together because then like on the one hand it seems really obvious like yeah just get them together more often on the other hand I can't see my, like getting people to engage in a Facebook group. So anyway, I thought about it's like, tough. how can I, I do it for these, but I have definitely flirted with the idea of like more meetups. And I don't know if actually like events and conferences is in my future, but even if it's on a small scale, like master my meetings or something like that, I just, especially at this dinner in San Diego with my clients at FinCon. I mean, I had clients after that dinner say I'm a client for life. Like they just 
we hit it off in a way that you just can't on the phone or on email. And they're like, I gotta, you know, and then they, they meet your other clients and they see the type of people that you bring together, just like at podcast mid Atlantic, all the amazing people in that room, Joe, that's a reflection of you because you attracted all those people there. And just a very powerful thing can happen when people, when people all get together and they look at the leader and they say, who brought everyone here? Oh, like, Jessica Rhodes brought us all together. Joe Parter brought us all together. And it just says so much of, of the coordinator. And so, um, it's just, uh, and, and, and I think that this is for anyone, whether they're introverts or extroverts, a lot of, it can be very energizing to have those kinds of meetings, but like I am an extrovert. So I was just like on fire after that. Like, this is just so great. (laughs) All this face to face interaction is amazing. (laughs) Well, it says the person that sits in an office and and myself included where we don't get that face to face interaction. (laughs) I know it's, I know it's (laughs) so I got to go out to events throughout the year. I just need it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we should, you know, that's why we work from home a lot, you know, and we, we stay close to home because the idea is that like, look, I'm like, I'm going out to California on Monday for a week. And I don't feel bad about it because I'm home almost every day with right. Ava. So it doesn't exactly. bother me that like, okay, I'm going to be gone for a week. But I just spent yeah. the last like four or five days from morning till night, like till the time she goes to bed with her. So to it's... be honest, yeah, no, I can actually totally relate to that because so remember, so I, I had this personal trainer. I don't um, train with him anymore. He left the gym. Anyway, that's not the point. So I was talking to him about when I was getting ready to go on a ton of like conferences and travels and my son, Nathan was having some issues. Like he was biting at school and just was kind of having, I mean, he's three. So it's like, there's always some like challenges as they grow through the toddler and kid, young kid phase. And, and it was just difficult because not only were they these challenges, but it's like, I was traveling a lot. So there was just kind of a lot of unrest within the family. And my trainer had like kind of, and mind you, he's a single guy with no kids. So he, really like he was um good intentions but I'm like dude you don't understand because he was like well I guess you have to ask yourself like are these you know trips worth it or do you need to stay home and I'm like dude I am home like all the time you know I actually work probably 25 to 30 hours a week I am very present so I'm not going to feel guilty about the conferences that I go to every couple of months so yeah now I hear you (laughs) well it was I think it was um Ed O'Keefe I don't know if you, you're familiar with Ed O'Keefe. Um, I think he has like – he's been on the show, and I feel bad for not knowing. But I think off the top of my head, it's like six or seven kids, and mm-hmm. he, he's an entrepreneur and all that. And I was like, how, how do you do a conference? He's like, well, I just – I go like right up against the clock, and then I leave as soon as like it's done. Like I don't yeah. stay the night the next, the next night over. He's like, so I'll yeah. only get one dinner instead of like two dinners with, with clients and stuff like that. He's like, I just make it work. And, I know uh, you just have tough. to make it work. I think a supportive spouse is really, really key. Cause I've, I've definitely have, um, met people that like, there was one woman I met, um, in San Diego at FinCon and she was like, this is the first conference I have been able to get to in years. And it's probably the last conference I will go to for years. Cause she's like 24 hours in, I'm already getting calls, you know, from my husband, like with all these emergencies. And I'm like, I I've, I'm blessed. It's so funny. Cause my friend, um, uh, Nat- Natalie from the Biz Chicks podcast was like, she's so jealous of my millennial husband. Cause like mo- us millennials actually, um, are very much co-parents like, and I'm going to guess this of you since you're, yeah, since you are a work at home dad, but like we very much like, okay, let me ask you, Joe. Cause Natalie was asking me and a couple other people this, 
um, with like housework, childcare. Um, would how would you say that is split between you and Melissa? Um, probably like sixty forty because okay. I don't, I don't cook. It's not my thing. Okay. I'll order yeah. out or something like that. Uh, yeah, you know we live in the Northeast, so pizza and. You know, pizza yeah. shops. I got like ten of them. I could throw a rock and hit. Um, but you know, so and and cleaning. Like, I'll help with the cleaning. Like, we're you know yeah. vacuuming and and that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah. then Ava. I mean, it depends on how you split the hours that I'm home with her. Right, right. So, it's, but like but, with but, diapers and stuff. Like, if you're both home and there's a diaper, it's like, I mean, I'm gonna just guess. It's like fifty fifty. Yeah. Like, you oh both, yeah, yeah. For yeah. the most part. I mean, it's because like yeah. on on the weekends when she's home, like I tr- I'm trying right. to get work done too. Yeah. Like yeah. like work yeah. work done, not like just stuff around the house. But she's trying to get right. stuff done around the house too. It's it's really yeah. tough. But so it probably is close to fifty fifty. But if you take yeah. if you take cooking into account, it's it's probably like sixty <laughs> forty. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. So I mean, what Natalie realized like asking me, and she said she asked another um, a guy who is a millennial and is married and everything, and we're all kind of in like that fifty fifty. And of course, if you look at like the hours, yeah, maybe it's more sixty forty with certain things, but it's relatively equal. Whereas when Natalie, who's she's, I think she said she's 44. She's in her forties and she's, so she's not a millennial and she's like with child care and housework. She goes, is definitely not 50, 50. Cause it's just like generationally, it's just different with people in, in the older, um, slightly older generations. I forget what brought us onto this topic actually, but, um, oh, I think I was going, we were talking about like traveling for conferences and how, you know, Jamie never, like second guess or give he never gives me a hard time when I have to travel because he travels too and I never get like emergency calls like he's he's got stuff covered when I'm gone you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) well I I would hope so I mean or at least have like some a parent a grandparent or something come yeah like if we can like have you know, if there's extra help that can come in, but like a lot of, and I'll just say spouses because I don't want to like gender discriminate, (laughs) but a lot of times, like if one spouse goes out of town, that other spouse is like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pack for lunch. And they're like totally helpless. And so I think it's, it's really great when each couple can like handle things, like they can handle things when the other one is gone. I think that's important i'm trying to think if i would be able to pack for lunch i i I think that i think well i think melissa would just head it off at the at the turn and like tell me like okay this is what needs to go and i would just do it you know it's the problem isn't doing it it's it's the problem is like if i don't know Mm -hmm. like if i had to guess i always feel like i'm gonna guess wrong (laughs) so so it's like well if you just tell me what you need then then i'll just i'll take care of it but i I don't know well we'll see what because because that's going to come up like when she yeah. she's not just drinking bottles every day yeah yeah and yeah like, it'll change <laughs> yeah so so i don't know the cooking thing might might just start to to change a little bit but um i don't, I don't know we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see uh jessica what's been the biggest roadblock you've had to overcome with with interview connections and creation of me you know different media uh, the biggest roadblock um there's a lot of different Uh, I guess there's a lot of different places I can take that question. Um, But I think the biggest roadblock or the biggest challenge with this business is like setting clear expectations and educating clients because like a, there's the service I provide in terms of, I will book you for interviews. But what I've seen and realized is that, okay, for people to actually have success with the strategy, they have to do more than just be interviewed. Like, 
they have to actually do a good job on the interview. They need to, if they want listeners to go to their website, they have to, you know, do enough, do a good enough job on the interview to get people to go to the website. And then their website actually needs to be well-designed and it needs to convert new, like it actually needs to be converting. And like, that's all stuff outside of what I, like I can't control if their website is terrible and doesn't convert. But if they feel like the podcast interviews aren't working, it's all like it's because we're not booking good enough shows. So I guess it's like the setting clear expectations and then educating clients on like, okay, here's all this other stuff that you have to do. And so, I mean, what I've been trying to do is like I make my podcast episodes just directly apply to what my clients need to learn. <laughs> you know, like I did an episode, your roadmap to podcast interview success. And I like actually emailed my clients directly. I'm like, you need to listen to this. Like I almost want to say, don't complain if it doesn't work unless you listen and implement what I'm teaching you in this episode. So, so that's hard. Just kind of having like a number of factors just not be in my control, you know? I, I do. I do know. Cause I have a client that wanted um, <laughs> some like Facebook ads and was like, well, your website isn't even mobile friendly. So right. Like how do I drive traffic to your site on what a lot of people are using on like a lot of people are looking at facebook on their phone and Pretty much you know, all, like when, you, when you serve up an ad it's like 90 plus percent are going to mobile of the, yeah. the ad is going to mobile so if they're coming from mobile and it's not mobile friendly that it, they're they're not going to sit there and try and mouse around and figure it out it's it's over yeah yeah um, it's true yeah that so yeah setting clear expectations so i mean it's like I've been, um, you know, all specifically on like my welcome calls when people first sign up, I'll just be very clear. Like this is not a strategy that's going to necessarily get you sales right away because honestly your interviews that you record in the first month, like there might not even go live for two months because podcasters just, they, they batch produce and you just, you know, they're not going to be heard by people. And then listeners download and listen, like in weeks to come, you don't just listen on the first day it goes live. So there's a lot of education involved and that can be challenging. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd agree. I mean, the, um, you know, setting those expectations, but even, the same could be said, like if you said, Hey, I got to go on good morning America today. I'm going to get mm -hmm. a million sales. Like, no, you're not. Cause most people yeah. aren't even paying attention to you. Right. It's all about how you utilize it after the fact saying, telling people, Hey, I was on good morning America. Uh, here's the video. It's on my website and my website's well designed. It's all about how you, you leverage that after the fact, not just, Oh, well I did the interview. All right. Like internet, send me that bag of money. You know, where's that big sack of money that I need? I know. And it's funny because sometimes when I'll tell clients, like, here's all the stuff that you should be doing to actually leverage these interviews. And a lot of clients will be like, well, I'm really busy. I don't know if I have time for that. And I was like, <laughs> my no. one client who is like seeing a lot of success, he goes, and I told them that some people say that. And he goes, you know what you should tell them? Say, pretend like you're running a business. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, all right. So they they gotta hire somebody to do that that aspect of it. Then they, then go hire somebody. I mean, yeah. you're spending the money. It's not like what you're offering is free. It's not yeah. super expensive, but it's not free right. either. So it's like okay, it's on you to like yeah. make all that happen. Now maybe maybe that's an opportunity for you down the line to expand into more headache. But yeah. you know, but hey, you never know. It's it's yeah. it all depends on what what people need. And if you you know if you find that people need that that service is like you were trying to do an, a done for you, like I know. web design, graphics, like image, well, you know, their one page, mm -hmm. uh, everything like that, yeah. you know, that's a lot of work and that takes a lot of time. Cause it's, 
And in most cases, in bigger companies, that would be like a person for each of those things. I know, exactly. Instead of just like one person putting all of it together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, and and makes it works, makes it even more valuable because, you know what? When it's one person doing it, that means it can happen a lot quicker than if you have eight different people like, well, I got to wait for the graphic artist to get back to me. Yeah. And they take two yeah. days to get back to me. And then it's not right. right so then I got to go back to that. Like, you can pivot mm-hmm. that much quicker. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So you can tell I'm <laughs> passionate <laughs> about that, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and it's like something that service providers can all relate to, like with you doing web design, Facebook ads, like anyone who just offers a service, like a marketing service. This is, this is a pain point we all have, which is why I like a lot when my clients, I have a lot of clients that are digital agency owners and they get it because they have the same challenge with their clients. It's like setting expectations, educating them around all the stuff they need to have in place in order to get the benefit from, you know, what they're using their agency for. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, so the question that I've been waiting to ask since you almost spilled the beans before we even got started was, what was your childhood dream growing up? Was it to be a podcast uh, connector? So my childhood dream, if I could um, put it simply, is I wanted to talk for a living. Um, For a long time, that was uh, as an actress. So I did a ton of different activities as a kid before I found theater and then from the third grade through um all of high school I was in probably every play and musical that I could find so it was really just performing and talking like like the um another childhood dream before like when I was really little it's like I wanted to answer the phone and like be a receptionist because I wanted to talk to people (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you found a you found a purpose in life uh, early on but look you know but but it's that receptionist like okay I want to talk to people and look what it turned into. And it's been really great because, I mean, obviously I do podcasting and podcasting is not something I generate direct revenue, you know, from like, I don't have people that pay me to podcast, but it's marketing tool anyway. But a lot of my days are on the phones with my, on the phone with my clients. Like when someone signs up, I have a call with them and I'm, I'm asking them, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your goals. Like Monday, I was so jazzed because my whole day was doing intake calls with new clients. I'm like, this is so fun. Like I'm just basically learning about all these cool people. So (laughs) my dream has come true. Yes. No, I agree. Getting to meet people. I mean, that's my favorite thing to do in, in the world. And it's one of the reasons I've run a conference. It's one of the reasons I have a podcast and it's the thing I really live for is to get to meet people and learn and, and from experiences and all that. So uh, that I, I, I am a little jealous that you get to do that every day, you know, <laughs> not every day, but, but you yeah. know, days where that's all you're doing is just talking to people and learning rather than yeah. just hosting or rather than like you're talking, but you're not doing something that you really want to be like, if you got stuck in that receptionist job that you, well, I, yeah, I stuck, probably wouldn't but, be that happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Oh, this didn't, wasn't everything I, I thought it would be. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> the dreams of a four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, it's, you see a phone and you're like, I, I want to, I want to talk on that phone. You know. It's... Yeah. Yeah. So, Jessica, what do your dreams for the future look like? Oh, so my dreams for the future. So I not, I can't think of the right word. It's not struggle, but I think a lot about my dreams in terms of like my dreams in my business and then my dreams in my like family life and kind of how they can work together. Because I'll tell you one dream that I have that I'm like kind of obsessed with actually. It's like, I really want to homeschool my kids. 
And the thing I'm trying to figure out is like, is that something I can do while still kind of achieving my business dreams? Like I want to have a seven figure business and I would love to eventually sell my business. (laughs) So I'm like, can I do both? So that's kind of, those are my dreams. And I guess the journey right now is figuring out how to make them all come true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it takes time. And, and, but I think that you've done a really good job as, uh, as a base of not putting yourself so much at the forefront where it's like, you wouldn't be able to sell it because it's like Jessica Rhodes interview connection. Like it is you doing the videos and stuff, Mm -hmm. but like you could start to integrate somebody else into that and start to change it. So then at some point you could step out. There could be other experts. Yeah. And I, and I read the book built to sell by John Warlow and that really helped me think about how to, you know, structure the business. So there are clear systems and, um, and that, you know, there's a big personal brand to my company, but interviewconnections.com, it's not, I mean, yeah, I have justgrows.biz. It's my, you know, my home base, my blog, my videos, but the actual interviewconnections.com, I mean, like anyone could probably run that. So <laughs> anyone could do it guys. Super easy. <laughs> yeah. Come, come buy the business. It's, it's, it's right. It's got, you know, huge growth potential and people are just, yeah. you know, just finding out about podcasts every day still. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share before people can uh, find out how they, I mean, we have already shared how they can connect with you online, but let's, you know, we'll share it again. Yeah. I mean, I guess my last thoughts, and it's like, I could tell this to myself based off what I just said, but I think any dream you have is, is achievable, but if you have multiple dreams, they just might not be achievable all at the same time. Like, there's this country star and I, I think it was Garth Brooks who like left the limelight for a really long time because he had kids and wanted to be like a stay at home dad. And then he kind of came back and started making music. And, and I think it was him or it might've been another artist that said like, you can have it all just not at the same time. And so I guess that's the thought that I would have is because a lot of times we feel like it's hard to achieve our dreams because, Oh, there's all these excuses. And it's like, well, you can have it all just not at the same time. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I'd agree. I, you know, we're, there's lots of things that I, I have on the board to do from building a, a game, a card game to uh, write. I'm writing about to write two books. So like I, I used to be able to do a lot of it at the same time, yeah. but it slowed me down to like, yeah. you know, human level of like, have a baby. Eh, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get, we'll get it done. But, but we used yeah. to take like a week or two is now taking months because I can't yeah. just be like, oh, I'll just stay up till 3 a.m. Right. And then I know. wake up at like eight or nine and, and get right back to work and stay up till three again. Like I can't yeah. I can't do that because I have a baby to take care of. I got that might be up all night. You never know. You got to have the yeah. energy to, to go forward, regardless of, you know, all those unknown unknowns of like what's going to happen tonight when she gets home. Exactly. You know? So or the, or even not tonight, but two nights from now. You know, if I if I stay up all night tonight, I'll be dead come two nights from now. Not not tonight, but the next night. Right, right. I have to be able to be be ready to go for two nights mm-hmm. from now. So I gotta yeah. conserve energy and and do it do it slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Jessica, please share how people can connect with you online, as as if we haven't already done that. 
Yeah, uh, just go to Jessica Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S, jessicarhodes.biz, B-I-Z. And that's the site where you can find my blog, my podcast, and my videos. Awesome. And they totally should because if you have a business and you want to grow that business with new customers, uh, with a new base of customers, uh, podcasting is a great way to do that. I mean, you could, you know, here's the difference, right? Like you could go and advertise on a podcast or you could be yeah. a guest. It's, yeah. It's it's different. They both can accomplish the same thing. But the thing is, is like, if you're the guest, you have their ears for 30 minutes versus 15 seconds in the front. Right. A live read. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Joe, because I actually, uh, on an upcoming episode of my podcast is a conversation with Jessica Kupferman about like advertising and interviews, how they're very different strategies. And it's kind of fun because the episode turned into, should interview connections advertise on podcasts? And it was, it was kind of fun. Cause like she was kind of asking me like, anyway, that's a great thing, but you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like advertising and then being guests, you're both getting in front of audiences, but they're just different strategies. You know, I could see you doing uh, podcast advertising. And the reason yeah. is because people are listening to it and they're like, well, I would love to be a guest. How can I be yeah. a guest? Oh, boom. Exactly. There's an expert for this. Like, you know, and I you know. obviously could be a guest too, but the, like on that same show. Yeah. But, but it's just, it's just another layer of like, how, how are you going to get clients from that? Yeah. So it's yeah, just no, I, at the end of it, I was like, yeah, I probably should do this. It's no brainer. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I think it's a good investment. Um, if you, yeah. as long as you find the right shows with the right, right. audiences, that you know, and and shows that um have people who are actual business owners and actual yeah. entrepreneurs, not once right. entrepreneurs who are like oh exactly well, they don't have a use for your service they haven't even started yet yeah and that's what I was talking to that's what the like the conversation with Jessica my show is about was like what podcasts are speaking to my target audience like how do I know which shows so it, it was actually a really fun kind of unique type of interview so I'll check it that puts out you, it next puts week. you in your your um in your client's shoes because you're like yeah. well. How am I know I'm going to get a return on investment on yeah, it? Yeah, I was asking her like the same questions that I would ask, that my clients would ask me. It was like I was like, well, how long is it going to take to see results if I'm advertising? It was really fun. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Hey, you know what it is? Is it's when it's your money. That's the it, 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 that's when it matters, right? And that's yeah. what I was saying like before, where it's like anybody could say, hey, that's a great idea. You should go do that. And then if they, but if they're I not know. actually like giving you money to support exactly. that, then, it, you know, it's tough to really take that value uh, yeah, from, away exactly. from that. So exactly. Jessica, it's always fun to talk to you. I, I've, I've yeah. had a great time today. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'd love to have you on again in like a year or so. We'll, you know, catch up and, and just see how things are going. If you're ready to sell the business. <laughs> see if I'm homeschooling. Yeah. yeah you, well, yeah, you might be. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.